Hi there. This is Karen, and this is the Woman Inspired Podcast because I'm the woman who's inspired. Hopefully, you will be too after this episode. And today's title of this episode is Adding to Your Shoe Collection. Now, don't tell me you don't need another pair of shoes. Most people do, except maybe some famous people who have shoe closets the size of my house. I am not one of those people. I used to have tons of shoes, but as I've gotten older and had a lot of foot injuries, not so many of them fit anymore, so I had to get rid of a lot of shoes. I kind of have my own main central three, four pair that I wear, and that's about it. And that's a lot. We're blessed, are we not? If we have more than one pair of shoes, or maybe even if we even have one pair at all, we're blessed. Some people in some countries have no shoes at all. So let's keep that in perspective. But at the same time, the culture we're in right now, if you live in the United States or maybe some other industrialized uh, countries, you have lots of shoes and they're a big deal. I mean, people are sadly, literally hurting other people to get the shoes off their feet, not because they need shoes so bad, but because they cost so much. But I know of a pair of shoes that costs you nothing and cost Jesus everything. That's what we're going to talk about. All right. But before we do that, I want to say thank you again for tuning in. If you would like more information about this podcast or my other podcast, which is a faith-based ASMR podcast, you can hop on over to my website at womaninspired.com and get all the details there. You can also find out how to contact me in case you're interested in having me come speak at your event. Again, all the details there, including my social media links. All right, I start every podcast with some pod quotes, and here they are. The first one is by Benjamin Franklin. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. All right, and here's one that's unknown, but I really do like it. Warriors don't negotiate. They take authority. And another one by, I don't know who said it, but I'm going to say it right now. If you had the cure for cancer, would you share it? Well, you have the cure for death. Think about it. All right. I'm not sure about you, but I love shoes. Not more than I love God or my family and friends, but I have a love for shoes and socks and slippers, pretty much anything you can put on your feet. Since I was young, I've enjoyed what I call funky socks or funky shoes, you know, with all the strange colors and crazy patterns, fuzzy slippers, animal slippers, tennis shoes. No brand names mentioned here because frankly, I don't care one whip about what brand they are. I like how they look, how they feel, and if they're affordable. So one time I found this pair of Converse All-Stars that were this light yellow with daisies on them. Had never seen any like it before. Found them in this uh, shoe outlet store in Amish country in Ohio in the basement where they had all of these random shoes that they picked up from other places where they didn't sell and they were my size size 11 who would ever thought I could do that fantastic loved them loved them loved them then I injured my foot and they wouldn't fit anymore now had I held on to them would have been great because now they would fit me a few years later. I didn't, but I did donate them to a good cause. So anyway, I got those shoes for like $18. Fantastic. That's my kind of deal. So, But I used to love boots as well and occasionally heels. Uh, not often anymore because... And, and I loved heels, but only a certain kind because my feet 
are large and it's hard to find really nice heels that are that don't hurt my feet and they they're really just not made for them they, they haven't ever worked that well oh, I did buy some a few years ago that were more like a wedge and they were really nice and my feet felt pretty comfortable in them in fact I I officiated a wedding and I danced in them for hours and then about six months later I broke my leg and my foot and they don't fit me anymore so so much for that anyhow I know a lady though whose foot is practically molded just like a four inch heel I mean it's crazy but she can fit into heels and they feel super comfortable to her she she feels more comfortable in heels because they support her feet the way they're shaped in all the right places well flat shoes hurt her feet so that's the opposite of me I wear heels for a half hour and I'm in pain if she wears hiking boots or tennis shoes for a half hour her feet ache Who'd have thunk it, but it's a real thing. All right, what you put on your feet, though, can make all the difference in the world in how you feel, even throughout your day, especially depending on what you're doing. I mean, how many times have you been on vacation somewhere or, or, or anywhere and seen a woman carrying her shoes instead of wearing them? It's a pretty common sight. Or if you're at work and you've been at work all day long or gone out on a date, maybe you were dancing and or at a full day conference someplace. And by the, a few hours in or at the end of the day, you're going to see a whole bunch of women carrying their shoes <laughs> instead of wearing them. It's because their feet hurt. Uh, perhaps their shoes aren't the right size for their feet because I know some, some women who will buy smaller shoes just so they can have a particular style and color because they love that. Not me. Not happening. Sorry. No way. Um, or or maybe they have leg issues and so the, the shoes bother them or maybe they chose the wrong shoes for the wrong occasion. Not sure, but you're going to see it frequently. I see it all the time. Um, why am I talking about shoes and aching feet? Because I'm also going to talk about another piece of spiritual armor in the armor of God. Because before today, I've done two other podcasts uh, in the last month, digging into other parts of the armor of God. So we talked about the belt of truth already and the helmet of salvation. Today, we're talking about the shoes. Um, I think there's a saying in our culture that shoes that say the shoes make the outfit. So you be the judge. Do the shoes in the armor of God make the armor? The, the shoes in the armor of God is in Ephesians 6, and they're called the shoes of the gospel of peace. Do they make the outfit? I'm not sure they make it, but they're definitely a serious contender and a necessity. So in simple terms, the shoes of the gospel of peace mean that we've been given the charge that no matter where we walk, we're to share the gospel with other people. We're supposed to be prepared always having the gospel in our hearts uh, with us wherever we walk, wherever we go, so we can share it with other people. It's our duty to share God's love, to immerse, us, immerse ourselves in it, and then maybe, then definitely, be able to go out into the world to share this gospel with other people, to show them that same love and pray for them and pray with them and be ready down every road or journey that God leads us on. So this verse from the Bible is... Um, I just said Bible, B-I-V-L-E. It's not that. It's Bible. Bible. Okay. <laughs> oh, my, my mouth is not working correctly today. Hopefully it will work better tomorrow. But today I'm recording this podcast, so 
ignore it and go, let's go on. So this verse from the Bible is phrased a little bit differently in different Bible translations, but every one of them gives us a pretty good perspective and a reminder of just what it is that we're charged with uh, and, and what we're blessed with to wear as far as the armor of God. So the New Living Translation in Ephesians 6, 15 says, for shoes, for shoes. In other words, it's going through the different pieces of armor. And then it says, for the shoes, put on the piece that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Now, in case you didn't know, when it refers to the gospel of peace, it means the message that Jesus gave to us, each one of us, that each one of us that loves on him, believes in him, trusts him. It's the message of assurance, basically, that those who believe and love the Lord are in his hands, that he's got us, that he's our Messiah, that he's our Savior. And not everyone knows this, by the way. I, I know a lot of us go around the world thinking, oh, well, you know, people have at least heard of him and they've just rejected him. Not true. There are a lot of people who actually know nothing about Jesus. So, and the word readiness, which is used in the NIV translation of this particular passage means constant vigilance. Readiness is constant vigilance. So a soldier in battle has to be vigilant, consistent, and at the ready. And, and being ready means you're ready for the enemy's tactics and tricks. It means you know who your enemy is and what he is likely to do next so that you're prepared. So the NIV translation says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Okay, a soldier has to be ready at all times. And his shoes, back in the days when armor was worn, were studded with nails and spikes all over them. And then they had cleats on the bottom, little cleat, little um, spikes like uh, soccer and football players wear on the bottoms of their shoes. And some track and field athletes wear them too, to give them traction and to assist them to stay upright and to walk on uh, uneven ground and stay stable on it. They also help them... Uh, to stay balanced, but also when they fall to be able to get up um, because the cleats can dig into whatever ground is there. So you see, no matter how great all a soldier's armor is, if he falls, he has to be able to get back up. The cleats and the spikes, they all help a soldier to get their grip and stand upright again. It's interesting because in the message translation of this scripture, which I don't often use because I, I, I find it even though it's interesting, it states things quite a bit differently. It's written in a very casual, direct English language. Sometimes it leaves out the specific nuances and details that I think are extremely important in scripture and doesn't always take into consideration the uh, Hebrew or, or uh, Aramaic root words uh, in the original languages from the Bible. But it does say this, and I found it really interesting, so I wanted to share it. It says, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You, you'll need them throughout your life. Wow, that's... <laughs> That's great, isn't it? It's it's a great motivational, truthful statement. Again, it kind of glosses right over some of the specifics, but the spirit of the truth about the armor of God and what it's there for is definitely written in there. 
So what else do the shoes of the gospel of peace help us to do? As I stated before, they help us to get up when we fall down. Basically, they're designed to help us get a grip. (laughs) They give us something to assist us when we're on shaky ground. In spiritual terms, when everything around us seems chaotic, we need to reach for peace. We need to remember that if we have chosen to live a life of faith and we believe in Jesus Christ, that he allows us access to a kind of peace that really does pass all understanding. When the ground is shaking, when when things seem out of balance and you've fallen or you're tempted to let yourself fall, maybe fall into sin, fall out of step with God, fall into a pit, fall for the tricks of the enemy who wants to lure you down a path of destruction and deceit, then with this armor on, with these shoes on, you're walking in the assurity that God will give you peace. That through his gospel, peace can be yours and you should be wearing that peace wherever you go. The shoes of the gospel of peace also, they help us to be battle ready. A warrior can't go into battle without his feet protected. When you have to be at the ready, walking along this journey, you have the ability to do so. Right here in the shoes. Shoes are the way to go, my friends, because your walk needs to be protected. And the way to do that is to protect your feet. Can you imagine setting out to hike a mountain, but instead of wearing hiking boots, you were wearing those beautiful six inch high heels with a fancy name on them that cost you a half a paycheck? That would be more than ill-prepared for any threat. I mean, that's, it, it just wouldn't make sense, would it? You, you wouldn't be prepared for any threat that would come your way. There's no protection from sharp sticks or twigs or jagged rocks, hot weather, cold weather, snakes, yuck, or bugs, yuck. <laughs> there, there's no running away from a predator uh, without the right shoes on either. Not if you're up in the middle of a mountain. T- too hot, too cold. Both scenarios will get you. They'll get your feet. It's no different spiritually. If we're not standing on a firm foundation of peace, the kind of eternal peace that helps us know, then we can't truthfully say, hey, even if in this mess or in this chaos or this trauma in my life right now, I have the peace that God is with me. We wouldn't be able to say that without what he calls the shoes of peace. With When we're standing in peace and peace is at our ready, We can say, I have the peace in knowing that God has a plan for my life, even if I don't understand it, even if I don't agree with it, and I don't see it right now. I have the peace in knowing that God has given me the best chance I can to make it because he's equipped me with the armor and the tools I need to walk this walk and to face any foe that comes my way. So these shoes, again, are the shoes of the gospel of peace, the gospel meaning the first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the gospel. They contain the gospel truth, the truth of who Jesus Christ is, the truth of acceptance, repentance, forgiveness, grace, mercy, eternal life, and how we have been blessed with all that through one thing, one person only, Jesus Christ, through his birth, death, resurrection, ascension, and his return that's coming. That is the gospel. And with knowing the gospel, the true gospel, comes that peace we were talking about. 
We're not just protected by this knowledge and this truth. We're also charged here with shoes on our feet to share that gospel. We have shoes that so that we can walk out our faith so that we can walk where we're supposed to walk and share this gospel. We have shoes on our feet to protect us on the way as we share with others the love of Jesus Christ and this gospel message. In order to have that peace, then we must first know what the gospel message is. And then we can go. We have to know before we go because we can go out in all of the world or as far as you're led by God in your part of the world to share that message from the gospel. Whether it's it's you standing on a street corner shouting the name of Jesus or starting your own little Bible study group or just walking out your day in whatever it is uh, you have around you in life, whatever people at home, at work, wh- wherever it is with your family, with friends, with strangers, just walking out your day with that kind of Jesus loving glint in your eye and making choices too, as someone who loves the Lord so that your choices and the way you live your life are a witness to his gospel every single day so that you're ready to answer questions from people who see that you've got something maybe a little different than they do. And then you can answer them without fear, answer them with peace in your heart in your mind and say, Hey, I'm peaceful because I can handle this and that and that because I know Jesus. I have peace through Jesus and the gift of his Holy Spirit. And you can do this as you walk out your faith, standing firm on the foundation of peace that you're given through the gospel. Make no bones about it, my friends. You will be under attack. You can do this, but you'll still be under attack. God didn't give you armor for no reason. You will be attacked through the everyday mundane thing, mundane things. And in the, the big, exciting experiences of life, Satan, who is the enemy, does not want to see you or your family or anyone you love at peace. So he's going to attack you with temptations, doubts, throwing fear at you and whispering lies in your ear to try to get you to stop living your life for the Lord. To stop drawing nearer to him. To stop being thirsty and hungry for him. All in an attempt to keep you from sharing Jesus with other people. And to stop that Jesus loving glint in your eye from showing to everybody else. We, that means me, you, and you, and you, and you. As part of the army of God, as a part of his family, we get to be called not just sinners, though we all are, but also his saints. We get to be called his children. We get to share the truth of Jesus with other people. We get to declare the good news of Jesus Christ as our savior. You know, you don't have to be a preacher or a minister or an evangelist or, you know, of any kind to, to try to tell people about Jesus. You don't have to have some big sign and stand on the street corner in your favorite city to tell people about what he's done for you. You don't have to, to shout how he how moved you've been because of the many ways he's blessed you. You don't have to be loud at all or flashy about it. You don't have to start your own podcast and tell as many people who will listen that God loves them. And you don't have to get up in front of hundreds of people like I do at one time to, to fulfill what we call the great commission. You may not be called to do any of those things. All you have to do is start walking, walk to your neighbor, your coworker, your friend, a stranger, and just tell them about your own experiences with Jesus, with faith, the good and the bad you went through, 
what you've learned and, and how your faith has grown. Tell them why you have that little Jesus loving glint in your eye and how thankful you are for it. You know, I met a homeless man one time in downtown Louisville, Kentucky. My family and I, along with some other people from a homeless ministry, were there working for the day. And I was writing an article for a newspaper about the, the homeless camp down that was used to be there down by the river. It's no longer there because the city ran the people off and built a garden there instead. Now many of the homeless sleep on the benches in the garden or on the docks by the river. But at the time, they had this camp, and it was hidden up in the woods that was right off the, the riverfront. So the entrance to this camp, which again was a highly wooded area, was actually hidden. If you were just driving by or walking by, you would have to work really hard to find how they got back into that camp because this was no sparsely treed forest area. I mean, it was a lot of brush, a lot of bushes, and a lot of trees jam-packed together. It had twigs and garbage and bugs and rocks and leaves all along this little path, uh, this narrow path that head into this homeless camp. And it was full during the summertime. So the trees and bushes in that area were even bushier. So it was harder to see. Uh, but it, because it was summer, it also meant that the ground was not just covered with stuff, but it was hot. And we were a few of the very few who were allowed back into their camp area. They were very protective of it, of course. And there were about 10 different campsites set up in this area. Uh, and the homeless all knew who we were uh, and they all knew each other and they looked out for each other, but we had befriended them. And anytime we went into town with the ministry or not, my husband and I would take food or different supplies down there and just check on them and, and see how they were doing. And there was this one man, um, for this podcast, we'll call him Henry. Uh, Henry had a beard and his hair was white as as snow. I mean, just super white. His beard went down to the, the top of his chest and he was very proud that he kept it clean and looking sp spiffy. And he had a full head of hair too. He was, he was a very beautiful man. Um, kind of like a, a thinner uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> so um, he liked to walk around with uh, no shirt on, long khaki pants and no shoes or socks on. Everywhere he went. Henry walked around without shoes. And he told us one time that he owned several pairs of shoes. He even showed us. Different people had brought him shoes because they'd seen him without shoes. And he even bought a pair from a thrift shop for himself. They weren't actually shoes. They were flip-flops. And he put those on only to be able to enter the shelter when they served certain meals and to be able to go to stores when he needed something. Other than that, those flip-flops were stuck in his back pockets. That's it. That's the only time he ever wore anything on his feet. I asked him why he didn't wear shoes and if it bothered his feet. He said, no, it didn't bother his feet. He said shoes bothered his feet, that he wanted to feel the earth all the time with nothing between him and the earth. I remember distinctly him saying, God's creation is amazing. And as long as I walk in peace and remember who Jesus is to me, then all I need are the shoes of the gospel of peace. And then he would go on his way. This is, this is what this man said. I will never forget it. Now, should I quote a man who also told me that the hummingbirds came to him when the moon was out and whispered in his ear what the next week's lottery numbers were? Well, probably not. But somewhere in this man's mind and in his heart, written on his soul, 
was the truth of the gospel of peace. And that is definitely worth sharing and quoting because if a man with no home who listens to hummingbirds give him the odds on horse races and lottery numbers can proclaim the love of Jesus and have peace in the middle of a homeless encampment all the while sharing the gospel, then so can we. And so I will always remember that when I think of the shoes of the gospel of peace, I think of Henry and I think of how unabashed he was to tell people he didn't know, to tell strangers, to tell others about Jesus. You know, he felt like he wasn't a good example in his life of who a Christian would be, not because he was doing anything wrong necessarily, but because in his past he had, but you know what? We're forgiven and we're given grace. And if we let our pasts hold us back, um, then we've allowed Satan to win. It doesn't matter what you were before, what you did before. What matters is if you are a true gospel believer, if you have accepted the Lord, if you are forgiven and you have grace and you're working really hard to be the person that God wants you to be, he's not expecting you to be perfect. And any other human being that expects you to be perfect, they need to check themselves as well, because it's not going to happen. We're not perfect. However, we can be repentant and we can live our lives truly, authentically, honestly. We can live our lives using the armor of God. And part of that is the shoes of the gospel of peace. We can know the gospel. We can share the gospel with other people. We can walk out this journey as God calls us to. And we can have the peace in knowing that we are forgiven, that we have grace, that we are loved, and that we can show that same kind of grace and love and forgiveness for other people. Does that mean you have to have every person in your life who's done something wrong, whom every person that you've forgiven? That does not mean you have to have them in your life on a daily basis or accept them back into your, to your family or in your friend group. No, forgiveness does not mean acceptance of someone else's um, dysfunction or toxicity or, or approval of how they've acted. It just means that you've forgiven. I don't believe, and I know that Jesus doesn't uh, approve of when we sin, but he still forgives us. We can do the same. He calls us to. And one way we do that is by putting on our armor because Satan will try to attack us and tell us we should not forgive and that we should not share the gospel with certain people because they're beyond hope. Like this homeless man. I'm, I know for a fact there were ministries that would not go to the homeless encampment, even though they would go to the food shelter and feed people. And they talked behind their backs and sad to say, some were people were Christians who served. Some people were not Christians who served, but many of them on both sides, Christians and non-Christians would talk poorly about the homeless. The homeless are not stupid. They knew what, that they were being talked about. They knew when someone was coming at them with genuine love, with genuine peace. And what we found out that was there were a lot of people who were homeless, not of their own choices, not of their own doing. And there were a lot of people who were homeless who loved the Lord and they became through their difficult experiences, unabashed and unashamed to tell other people about Jesus. He may not have been wearing shoes or a shirt, but he was definitely delivering the message of the Lord to other people. So if he can do it, 
we can do it. And so I encourage you to immerse yourself in more of the armor of God to continue to read Ephesians six. And in a couple of weeks, we'll tackle, uh, we'll tackle another piece of the armor of God. And, uh, I hope and pray that today's podcast challenges you to look at where you are. Are you fitted with the shoes of the gospel of peace? Do you know where you stand with the Lord? Do you have the peace that passes all understanding that he's going to be with you no matter what? That whether you get your way or or not, whether you're hurt by other people or not, that you have eternal life and salvation through Lord Jesus Christ. Are you sharing that gospel with other people? Are you walking where he tells you to walk? Are you talking where he tells you to talk? And does your walk match your talk? Are you saying good things? Or are you saying good things and doing good things? So I hope and pray that you'll challenge yourself with that because I know you're not perfect and neither am I. We all have room to grow and we definitely need to stay armored up. I hope and pray that you'll do that this week. And as you go throughout this week, that you will accept God's grace and peace and you'll share it with others. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. <music>